1: <laughs> Come on, son, son, son. Come
2: on, Come
1: on. What up y'all? Welcome to another episode of Come On Son. Y'all know who it is. It is me at Love. I don't know where my damn uh producer is this week. She supposed to be joining me on this hey. damn. Oh, there she go. She working, though. She in the back working, though. But we got a lot of a lot of great stuff uh, on deck for y'all this week. Actually, a comedian and actor, D-Ray Davis, is going to be in the studio with me to hang out with me and talk about his entire career as an actor, a stand-up comedian. Y'all know he's on Snowfall, so we're going to find out whether or not Snowfall is coming back for another season. So we got a lot of, lot of good stuff for y'all. And, man, I just want to say, that I appreciate everybody out there that sees me and say, yo, I listen to your podcast all the time. I'm just kind of feeling like podcasting is taking over everything. You know why? It's because we give it to you straight up and we give it to you raw. Like, I feel like I'm on terrestrial radio also, but I feel like terrestrial radio has gotten boring. Like, seriously, like they are not moving with the times. They're not moving with technology. And I think one of the points of it is the FCC needs to take away all those rules and regulations that they have on radio so that we can compete in the same market as a podcast, people listen to a podcast because you get information out of a podcast, you get to laugh within a podcast, you can get controversial topics out of a podcast, and they can keep it as raw as they want to keep it because of podcast When you listen to terrestrial radio, there's only a certain amount of stuff that I can say. And that being said, I was reading an article the other day about how. 35.6 million people are subscribers to Sirius XM, but terrestrial radio numbers are going down. Why? Because when you listen to Sirius XM, they can give it to you as raw as they want to, and you ain't got to worry about switching stations if you're driving a long distance, right? So if you leave out of wherever you are, you could pop in my podcast and you can listen to the podcast because it's streaming and you all have devices. Right? You all have, most of us have connections now in their cars. And if you don't, if you have an older car, you put a new radio in there. And all you got to do is get the radio with the Bluetooth capability to it. And you can stream my podcast right through your radio airways. And you ain't got to worry about listening to some station where... Somebody is talking for 12 seconds and they playing the same 15 songs over and over and over again. You can play your own music on there, on there and you can listen to whatever you want to listen to, when you want to listen to it, how many times you want to listen to it. If you miss something, you can go back and listen to it. I mean, the, the podcast world is, is is really crazy right now. I mean, it's exploding all over the place, and I'm just happy that I'm on and that I have a podcast that all y'all choose to listen to. I'm very grateful for that, and 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 I'm more grateful because it's really been kind of like a a, a a trying time for me since the last time I talked to y'all. Recently, my nieces lost their dog, and I know it's a lot of people out like that, like me. It's like, yeah, it's a dog, but. Well, you know, when you have a pet for fifteen years, and the pet becomes like a part of your family, then the pet die. That can that can be it can be real challenging for you. So I had to get on the phones with my nieces and been like, "Yo, y'all, y'all okay?" And you know, they had Carter since Carter was a little baby, and then uh, Carter died and just died of old age. Dogs just they don't they don't they don't live a long long time. Like you know, you had somebody in your life, you could know somebody for fifty years very rarely you're going to have a dog for 50 years and i think that's part of the reason why i don't own a dog because i'm like i feel like i'm almost setting myself up for heartbreak like i'm gonna fall in love with this animal i'm gonna care for this animal i'm gonna get this animal all kind of shots if the animal you know i remember krista telling me about when her dog needed surgery her father had to pay like twenty five hundred dollars. see i don't know if i'm ready to pay twenty five hundred dollars for no damn dog to get no surgery okay you know, there's a lot of dogs out there. <laughs> so I just feel like I go get another one. But that's probably the reason why I don't have a dog, because I feel like you get a dog and you fall in love with this animal and you have them for all of these years and then it just passes away on you. And then I'm like, I'm like sometimes I'm cold hearted. I'll just be like, go get another dog. And they be like, no, it's not the same. It's not Carter. It's not Fluffy. It's not Brownie. It's not gonna have the same personality. I don't know what to do. And I just be like, Well man, listen, that's why you shouldn't get a dog in the first place because the dog gonna eventually die on you all right and then you don't know at least if you have a cat and the cat disappear is it a cat you don't really care like you care for a dog because i've never seen nobody go sit down to a cat and the cat sit down i don't know if people train cats the way they train dogs but i know they say dog is a man's best friend so if anybody out there listening if you lost your pet I, and you had it for a long time I totally understand it for what my nieces are going through right now and these they're not babies like my niece Ashley is like almost 30 and and, and my niece Kayla we call her kK kK is what 1920 and they really hurting about the passing of their dog Carter and I mean the dog used to hump the crap out of my leg every time I came over to the house and I think I'm missed that a little bit in my own weird and perverted way so y'all know i got a lot of good stuff coming up um i got like i said d ray davis is going to be my in-studio guest and he's coming up next right here on come on son the podcast (laughs) come on son son! y'all know how we do it right here with me ed lover my in-studio guest my man mr d ray davis from chicago south side how did how did um i would like to ask comedians this how did um you're more than a comedian. You're a comedian, television star, movie star. How did the South Side mold you to who you are today?
2: Oh man. You know, it's a melting pot Chicago. I feel like um, uh, you know, you being a East Coast guy and the West Coast, they like y'all y'all invent a lot of things. Can't okay? like y'all invent a lot of things. Right. Yeah, and y'all y'all known for a lot of like the Hollywood parties out there and New York got the rap and MC and all that. So we as, as Chicago, we had to find our own thing, you know. I think and I think comedically, Illinois is just, you know, we just bred Comics, like you know, th- that's like our thing, I feel like. Not saying New York ain't got comics. Right. I ain't gonna say West Coast ain't got no comics. I'm saying like us, like the Richard Prize, or like just the mid- Bernie like the, Mag. The Bernie Mag, just the the Midwest, because I feel like we um we just start focusing on something that we, you know, that, that we could control. You right. Know what I mean that's what I'm just this is my thought process. When, did you, as far as when had, did you
1: first realize you wanted to be a comedian?
2: I walked in the comedy club and saw it. My uncle was a bartender at a comedy club. I never saw it on TV. I never saw a comedian ever. Never, not one time. I was the only comedian I ever seen was somebody in high school telling some jokes on stage. I didn't even know what he was doing. I was like, why is he telling jokes? Right. On stage. And not even thinking us sitting around lunch roasting each other would turn into what it is now. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. walked in, my uncle Jimmy was back there bartending. Um I said, What are they doing today? was like comedy. I stood outside and watched this comedian named Shea on stage from here. Damon Williams was hosting. Okay. And I was like, Man, I could do this. Really? I was cheering. I was like, I could do this. So a week later, I just went on stage. And that was it? That was it. 13 minutes on stage. I spent 10 of it roasting um uh, Jim and I them, Men at large. They were sitting in the audience. OK. And they heckled me. Uh-huh. And I had a notebook up there. And it's like, what's that? And I started off. I was like, y'all hope, y'all hope it's a menu. Y'all hope it's a cookbook. And that was it. I was on, I was on the move.
1: And that was it? Yeah. And
2: when did when did you
1: leave? Because you left Chicago. I first met you. We were in, living in LA, both of us.
2: Yeah, I um I dipped out early, man. I dipped out. I was I don't think I couldn't I couldn't even get in the club when I first got to LA. Really? Yeah. I first went on stage. I was 19, going to on twenty when I first went on stage. And I first then I got my deal right away. Won the Miller Comedy Search. Got out there and was yeah. Got my deal right away. I went to Jamie Foxx's Laugh a Uh huh. And um got discovered out there by Phil Barner, who introduced me to my management. In LA, then I end up getting the age and all that. It all happened within like no time. That's why the first TV y'all see me on, I couldn't act. <laughs> Nobody told me why. What I actually was, what you was your on... first TV role? First TV role, my wife and kids. Okay. I remember I had a TV deal at ABC and I was at uh Jerry's Diner. Uh yeah, Jerry's Jerry's Deli.
1: Jerry's Deli at LA. LA
2: and I had my TV deal, and I was walking around like, man, I just got man racks. You know, I'm out there six figures in for nothing. Right. And uh, Damien Wayans was sitting there, and we and I started talking to Damien a little bit. He was like, you know, I got a show coming on ABC. And I said, well, you know, I got I got a deal at ABC. I'm like, he's like, yeah. So uh, when something opens up, I'll put you on my show. He basically was like letting me know, like, deals don't ensure su- you're going to get on. You know what right. I mean? He was like, I got you. So uh, his show was on for a whole year. I ain't heard nothing or nothing like that. Then I ran into him again. And I was like, Damien, remember you told me, kind of way the way we said it, he was like, all right, what you doing next week? And book me. And that was it. <laughs> that's how Wayans always looked out. Wayans always just booked me.
1: Right. That's a, they, coo- it, that's a cool thing, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a really cool thing.
2: I felt like family. I was going on auditions writing uh, D-Ray Wayans on the paper. <laughs> Thought I was in. <laughs> Got callbacks faster, too.
1: <laughs> D-Ray Wayans. That's just crazy, <laughs> yo. Wayans, that, that, that is crazy, bro. Your whole time in L.A., you just kind of moved from one step to the next step. To the next step. A lot of people say that's hard. It's a hard place to maneuver out there. How do you feel about that?
2: Um, I mean, it depends on what you want to do. They say it's a hard place where we come from to to get to radio. For you being number one, for you being you know hard for you, you, you when you jumped in the movie, starting the movie. Right. When you ain't at that moment, you ain't even know how big it was. Right. When you start in the movie, you're like oh, we starting the movies. You ain't think that that how big that would be. You know what yeah. I mean? And now people hoping to be in that position you in. I'll say. I used to be upset about a lot of the Instagram stuff. About oh, that's fake. That's what? What is this? It's, they they stealing all of this, and that to make it into comedy and all this stuff. I look at it like this now: uh, all avenues, and you learn from the older people. Like you learn from the youth. And I feel like as long as you're moving, as long as you stay moving, you're in the right place. If that makes sense,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, because the minute you you get real, you get stuck into something, and your roots grab you down so hard, you don't even want to branch out. You're not gonna make it. So I say moving around for me. Now I look at how the internet people. They able to go from that transition into, I don't know where they they doing stand up. I don't know where they doing. You know they on wilding out. I know where they they found they, they found their own. They built their own TV shows. Right. Instead of waiting on a man to come give them, man, to right. To come get them a TV show, they built their own TV show. and Their own platforms. So I'm like, I already have a platform. You know what I'm saying. Now it should be easier for me to go back build to have my own, uh, different different things I want to branch out in the different avenues I want to travel down. So I said it's easy for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you. Did it Cause the I way everybody else? <laughs>
2: all right One, I got family. I don't want to be broke. Two, you know, if you've been in the streets before at all, you know the hustles when you begin hustling before it start being about the money. Before you start be, wanting to be ghost, you right. just want to eat, right? And Absolutely. I think I always want to eat. I love the luxury of looking at every restaurant when I was little. Your mom be like, "You can't have that. We ain't have. We you like you got McDonald's money, like all that stuff, right?" But to look at McDonald's and go, "I want ten of them. Even I don't eat them all, like I just." The luxury of eating, man, is my biggest thing.
1: On a I consistent think. basis. Consistent basis. Be now, me. you were just talking about uh, a lot of these comedians that, that are coming up and yeah. doing their thing and, and making their way on Instagram. I hear a lot of comedians that did it the way you did it, grinding in the club from yeah. this set to this set to this set. They don't really like it because they like a lot of these guys, when they hit the stage, they ain't that funny.
2: Well, something, else. There's some guys who uh, aren't funny because they haven't, been through the rugged things we've been through. You know what I'm saying? And they had a, they had the Drago training and not the Rocky training. Right. In the movie. Like, right. It's, just, it's a different thing. But also, a lot of people said, I made it fast. I barely, you know, I had 15 minutes and I just, but my mind always worked so fast. I always thought I was funny. And most people, they just didn't know it yet until they see it. A lot of people are like, How D Ray do this? How man, he hairline how is this? And then when they go on before me and I go on after them and I I do my thing, right. then it's like, Oh, you got to prove it. So a lot of comics still got to prove themselves. So a lot of people are getting to it. But you got people like, uh, DC Youngfly, Chico Bean, Carlos Miller, who just natural comics. Yeah, play. absolutely. Even B. Simone, who's she's growing like as a comic. She came from, you know, the Instagram world, but she didn't have she didn't go to through all the New York and all the underground stuff. And her platform was a bigger platform to learn on. Right. Sometimes she got she got thrown into the, you know, the Lions Den early. So it's like, what do we expect from her? If we've been doing me, Donnell Rollins, uh Michael Black, we all on the same show, then here she is like. What do we expect, expect her to be as good as us? Because that would be scary.
1: Yeah, that would be extremely if scary. If you come out there
2: and just crazy rocket, be like yeah. a Coco or be like a Coco Brown or be like a, a Melody Camacho out of nowhere, you're going to be like, oh, man, it's crazy. You know what right. I mean? So where do you expect her to learn that? So she's learning on bigger stages.
1: Yeah, she just learn. Le- and
2: she's learning.
1: But you know, I understand that, too, because when I first jumped on the stage and do a stand-up, I got a lot of kickback from being a radio guy.
2: You yeah, understand I mean,
1: yeah, what I'm oh, yeah, saying? Yeah. They was like, "Ah, uh, what are you doing?" Like I understand where they coming from doing that Instagram thing because I came from radio yeah, and from yeah, television funny to state. Though, end of the day. At the end of the day, funny, funny's funny, funny. and it doesn't matter who's coming it, out.
2: It, it don't matter what nobody else is saying because the audience is laughing. As long as you ain't stealing no jokes, you ain't persona. No, How no,
1: you no. feel about that, bro?
2: Who's talking about St- joke stealing? Um, I mean, on air, I don't, I don't. No, I mean, has it happened to you? Of course, I'm, a, I'm a, one of the geniuses. It happens. So, how, how do you deal with it? Well, I think of a lot of stuff. A lot of times people think I'm freestyling by the way I deliver. So, they think, and that might be I right, to do somebody joke or somebody do something like mine. I've more than like, every time I address it, I address it comfortably. I never be like, you took my joke because I know how good I am and where I am. Right. I've I'll, I'll said stuff like, hey, man, it sounds like this, but let me show you. Like, we're speaking on Instagram. Like, they did the skit the other day about how the bouncer stops you from getting in the club. And it's like, oh, no. He's like, no Pumas on your shirt. No, as you're walking on no Puma shoes. And I did that as my special, but somebody did it as a skit. So all I did is retweeted my my power play and, and just show Like, I don't have to say it. That, that looks familiar. And here it is. Right. But do, but also, they say great minds think alike. Like, I'm sure I've, you know what I'm saying, said something that Richard said before. Said something that Bernie said before. Not in the same light, you know, because we live in right. a different time. So, but if somebody out, line for line, steal your joke, you like you talking about, like, what's going on with <laughs> the two big bros? Like, yeah, I think that's funny, though. I think that's funny, though. I think, that, Straight
1: I think that's Straight thievery. Like, I've, I've seen comedians fight in the back of the club behind jokes stealing, bro. You no,
2: know, you've seen two. I guarantee you ain't seen two stars fight. I've never seen two. You've seen two stars fight over Man, jokes? I haven't. I've seen two people argue. I've seen two people get, like, nope. I've never seen two stars, two legit, You'll never see me and Mike Epps argue about a joke. Right. Mike, the one who told me, he's like, "Do you write you? You selling you anyway? You're not selling uh uh the joke. You're telling who you is. So if somebody it's just about a <laughs> joke, you never make it. Like that's right. Mike is like, you know, that's my big brother. So it's like, you'll never see that. You'll see a person not doing well try to fight another person doing well over a joke. But you'll never see a person at the top reach back and be like, oh, man. He, they can address it like, I remember I did that joke. That's cool. Keep Maybe that joke will get you far. But if you know how good you are, if you really know how good you are, you're not really You're not good. even really my thinking about My joke is on that. TV. All mine is televised. If I really want to. I seen the TV show take what I did as a as a bit from my last special and make it. And all I did is post them back to back. That's all I could do. Like, right. Great, like, great job, writers. <laughs> you won't you get into but work for this a, one, though. A
1: lot of times it's, it's, it's what inspires somebody to take something further than what was already done but we also
2: don't have a uh what's that called we don't have a a union comedic union where it's like you stealing someone's joke they're a writer's union right once you write it if i write it all out then you try to do it then it's plagiarism it's you know
0: right that's a whole different thing
2: like i've done jokes that ended up in books and the person who did the book is probably getting credit for the joke like i made up jokes here when i was first gonna say we used to roast each other and i made up jokes that are National jokes now that I hear kids say, I'm like, oh, I am I'm because I'm, you try to look up the origin of the joke, they can't find a person. It's me. It's like, right, I made up your mama got one eye, one leg, they call her IHOP. right? When I was roasting Corey Holcomb on stage, we used to go and write. I, I made up, uh, your your mother and and Gerald Kelly actually did this in the set. Now, I'm not, I wasn't manager, I called Gerald that night, he did it to Apollo, but he's like, oh, I ain't no D, but I said, your mother's so stupid, I called her yelling in the envelope, someone she sent a voicemail,
1: right? But that was
2: something. I created what my mind. So when somebody do it, I'd be like, oh, that's homage to me because I made up that joke. I sat and thought of that joke. Right. Just like somebody thought, your mama's so black. Somebody thought, your mama's so black, she got the car, the oil like pop on Like Somebody right. thought of that. But that person might be dead now, but now it became a stock joke. But right. somebody somewhere
1: created that, you know, that joke. So. Yeah, created a lot of stuff. Yeah. As an actor, what's your favorite thing to do?
2: mm as an actor, my favorite thing to look. You mean like, like, what do you mean like drama? Role,
1: drama. You like drama or comedy? Being,
2: I love drama because it's challenging. Comedy is easy for me. Snowfall coming back? Yep. Snowfall coming back. When, so, brother? We start shooting in uh, February. My out days are. February Y'all haven't 4th.
1: started shooting yet? No, nah,
2: it's February. The, Come on, bro. The star Damson wants to go to the Super Bowl, so we gotta wait till that happens. Oh, we
1: gotta wait for Damson <laughs> now. <laughs> <I'm playing. laughs>
2: that's what's happening though. On the low, he my friends <laughs> No, production they usually go around February and they you know getting everything together. You I mean John just passed. Right. And they shot through that. They shot while that was happening, which was already hard. Now it's the redevelopment of what you know what direction they want to go without any of that input. Right. At all. So And that's
1: gonna hard. be tough.
2: Well, no, they, they do a good they do a good job. Like Dave Andron does a great job, because he's he sat with John in the in the beginning of it. They know but I'm saying like that essence of it is just like mm-hmm. now everyone's walking around with the knowledge that it's, it, he's not coming back. When he was sick, he was sick. He might come back, and then he's gone Right. And they still shot. And now it's like now I know they're putting it together. Like in light of and not being disrespectful and wanting to capture a lot of that. So,
1: yeah. I read what you said you're taking a Samuel L. Jackson wrote. What is that?
2: That means I did all the little movies. You go back and look at all movies where Sam Jackson was in. I don't mind doing those. I don't mind being a cameo king for a while. Right. Because every time you turn on the TV, you're going to see me somewhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Even for a second, you're be like, Is that the- I didn't even remember who was in this. Some people hit me all the time, like License to Wed or some odd movie I was in or, you know, uh, uh, Life as We Know It, some some other joints, you know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Some crossover joints. Then you'll see me on Who Made the Taylor Sound. And then somebody else going to like, but you see me.
1: Right. So and Sam that's what's important part. doing problem. all that. Yeah, he was. He was doing, doing every, He's a every...
2: radio guy in the in the in the movie. Then yes, he, sir. Uh, coming to America uh, before he got he the one who got forced to be thrashed. Yeah, tried to rob the store. We tried and... to
1: rob McDonald's. That was Sam Jackson. Um, before way before Gator, action, way yeah. before all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sam didn't even turn down snakes on a plane. So yeah, you know what I mean. Snakes
2: on a plane, black snake moan. He
1: yeah. didn't turn down nothing but it, his it, collar, it, and it, I exactly doubt it, if he turned that down.
2: But it's, it's, more, it's more about just just staying working, man. Because consistency is everything with me. With me, I don't know what it is. So some people like to, hey, I ain't going to do this. I ain't going to do it. Like certain roles, I just won't do it because it's just never. In my like character. what? So I don't think I'll be strong in it. A lot of, a lot of roles, I just won't. Like, you I, turn I, down it,
1: stuff? A lot of stuff?
2: Yeah, it depends. It, it could come through the production. It could be something about the vibe of the whole thing and, piss hey, on this paper. We're going, no, nah, no, nah, I don't. It's kind of like me turning down a music video. Like I used to like doing the vid- videos all the time, but it plays all the time. Right. Somebody like, come anyway. We going man. You going so this homie right? You gonna try to get in club? Homie gonna slap you like I don't do no more. I'm not <laughs> doing that. No First, I, I don't get that ain't gonna happen. Right. But I turn down that. And it might have been real funny for somebody else, but it's not gonna be funny
1: for me. Okay. So okay. so there's certain things now where you are in your career. You just I'm not fucking with that no
2: more. Yeah. It depends on what it is and, and how it is. Like. Uh, if it's a movie and it's daddy dress up and me, I'm a dad trying to, you know, my, the mom passed and I got to put a dress on to be the mom at the mother-daughter dance because the mom, that's okay for me. Okay. That's all right. But if I'm putting a dress on, on some, it's my character in the movie, the whole movie, I don't think I feel comfortable. First of all, I'm a light-skinned dude with a big booty.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
2: <laughs> it's already, you know what I mean? Already, already staying out of prison, you know what I mean? But... I don't I don't think persona wise I would be uh it would come off like that with my comedy, with my brand, who uh-huh. I am. Uh so it was a lot of stuff like that. I gotta just just make sure I'm doing it in the right route, the right place.
1: We were also talking about the fact that you produce a lot of comedy shows.
2: Yes. I didn't know my that, sister, brother. Since I started. Really? Own comedy clubs since I started. You own since comedy clubs here in Chicago? I did. Which one was that? It's called Riddles Comedy Club. Okay. And I did it for like I worked in there for a couple years and that's when I took it over and yeah, so about five years. So I, I produce and run and know how to that's what I do my that's why I do my shows here every year. Right. Everywhere the big Every place. Crown shows. Every crown, I do it in New Orleans. I do it in I did it, I did it for colleges for a long time. I used to do like thirty colleges where I would produce and pay comics all the time. huh. What's the what's the hardest part of that? Mm, availability of comedians, who wants to work with who. Um Wait a minute. There's comedians that don't want to work with other comedians? There's comics that will not work with another comic. Like, really? Yeah, they're like, I'm not going on because this dude's going to do an hour before me because that dude, that dude want to do extra long. Cause you're not the hairliner. It's a lot of stuff, man. Oh, he, bro. He, he oh, bro. Couple.
1: Oh, I, I have. You know, I have great, plenty of stages. I have seen it, bro. Like,
2: I, I know, and right I is.
1: don't mind calling people out for a, one of the most notorious motherfuckers that will not respect that light is Gerald Kelly. Uh-huh. I don't know what is it with Gerald. You can flash that light a million times, and Gerald probably you know get mad that? when he and hear that, but he won't. He don't respect the light, bro. You know
2: what though? Gerald's going on. That's weird because I just just hit him up because um, they were. But I just hit him up to go and you know do some um, couple of dates with me, uh-huh. and I let that be known that, hey G, I know you're a headliner, but this is what we doing these couple weekends, so he's right. coming with me on um, two dates coming up. Okay,
1: respect the light though.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't
1: understand that because I, I listen, man. I went out with talent. I done went out yeah. with a lot of people, talent bro, though, and <laughs> talent's headlining. I'm opening for talent. When my time is up, I'm done. I'm yeah. not,
2: I, nobody's got to stand well, Nobody there. change your check. That's all I say. My check ain't going to change. If Sometimes, you do an hour, hour and a half, it ain't going to change nothing. If you're working on something, I'll let the people know before I'm going on. Hey, I'm, I, I'll shorten my, my openers. I'll be like, yo, let me get this hour and a half out. I feel, I'm not, never. If I do, I don't have. It. I ain't got nothing to do that night. Most, <laughs> most, most time, I got something to do. You know what I'm saying? Right. I always got something. You know, <laughs> right. I always got. What happened to the two the two girlfriends, bro? Nothing happened to them. They're doing fantastic. Oh, you still got the two girlfriends? Yeah, they're doing great, man. Uh, Karita's in overseas. She's billboards up everywhere. She's the face of Ann Summers. Um, Coco's brand is doing good. Coco Coco. She just books something else this weekend. She does a lot for Homa and Adidas. She's like getting more athletic. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 great, man. They you still balancing? Me. It's still working for you. They're balancing. I'm I'm just watching. <laughs> I don't do. Hey man, I'm not in control. I never have been. People are, <laughs> people threw me in control, but I was never in control. Women do what they want to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, they, and luckily,
2: they want to be here.
1: <laughs> Thank God. And when they stop wanting to be there, then Amen. that's okay. it. So you're gonna be here. You here in Chicago all weekend. Yep.
2: yep, all weekend long here in Chicago. Home. At the home, well, Chicago, Schaumburg, Schaumburg Improv. Make sure y'all, uh, Schaumburg, Chicago Improv, Woodfield Mall. Get the tickets, man. Shows, get them online. Use a fake credit card. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Max it out. Let's go. All
1: right, my man D Ray. Thank you for joining yes, me, sir. brother. Appreciate it. appreciate it. I know you're tired. I ain't gonna nah, hold nah, you, nah. brother. Oh, going to hold nah, you, nah, man. Nah, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Come on, son, son. It is time for my usual rant and rave. I like to call it, come on, son. And it's got a lot to do with the podcast. That's the way the podcast got named by being called, come on, son. So let's get into it. First of all, y'all, let me tell y'all something. I don't trust the United States government, okay? I'm just going to put it out there, man. As a black man in America at my age... If you trust the U.S. government, there's something absolutely wrong with you. You've seen what we've been through in the past. There's been a controversy surrounding the assassination of Kennedy. There's a controversy surrounding the assassination of Dr. King. There's a controversy surrounding the assassination of Malcolm X. Every time something happens, there's a controversy surrounding it at the hands of the u.s government so why am i going to believe the u.s government when they tell me that the iranian general that they assassinated was plotting something but nobody's telling me what he plotted come on son y'all can't be that dumb just to believe anything that the damn u.s government tells you they took a drone y'all as big as a 767 Flew it over Iraq and bombed and killed people because of what they say they might have been plotting to do Why didn't do that before the towers went down? Why didn't kill them dudes if they were pl- we getting to the point where we killing people For what they what we say is an imminent threat. I don't believe none of that stuff. Come on, son Fuck out of here with that bullshit. But I'm gonna tell y'all what I do believe I do believe that Aaron Hernandez was a little crazy. Did y'all see that documentary on Aaron Hernandez? Oh, my God. It's the most eye-opening thing I ever saw. Who knew Aaron Hernandez was a closet homosexual? I never knew that, but I'm going to tell you one thing. When you see this documentary, y'all, come on, son. You're going to see that CTE really does affect certain players in the NFL, and you're also going to see how hardcore cold and calculating NFL owners are they don't give a fuck about any of them players on the field all right you're going to see that when you see Robert Kraft walk into that courtroom and testify against Aaron Hernandez come on son fuck out of here with that bullshit speaking of Robert Kraft you ain't going to Super Bowl this year I am so happy that the New England Patriots are not In the Super Bowl that's coming up, I don't know what to do. Finally, we got two teams in there that are not the Patriots, that are not the Patriots, that are not the Patriots. Okay, it's San Francisco versus Kansas City. This should be a great Great Super Bowl because I ain't got to hear about how great of a quarterback Tom Brady is or Aaron Hernandez or no I say Aaron Hernandez or Aaron Rodgers or any of the rest of them. This is going to be the greatest Super Bowl of my life because I ain't got to look at Tom Brady's ass. Okay, and speaking of asses, Lou Boozy, Lou Boozy, you cannot go to the store and buy any fraternity sweater. Not be a member oh of God. that fraternity and put the sweater on and wear it because you like the cu- bro. You can't. You can't do a. You can't do Alpha. You can't do Q's. You can't do Noops. You can't, bro. You. It's like you putting on a Freemason shirt and you're not a Freemason, bro. You cannot do it, bro. I don't know where you grew up at. I don't know why people ain't taking this, Blue Boosie, You old enough to know this shit, bro. Your brother's a Kappa? That don't mean you a Kappa? You ain't no Kappa by association, motherfucker. You cannot put on a Kappa shirt and wear a Kappa shirt, bro. I'm sorry. You just you, you, you just can't do that. You know what you can do, though? You can put on a Tyler Perry shirt and wear one of them, especially if it says fall from bullshit, which should be the name of his brand new movie. This movie, Fall From Grace, like, let me tell y'all something, man. I love to come up. <laughs> to come up for anybody is great. I am proud as punch that Tyler Perry has his own studios in Atlanta. I am proud that a black man was able to attain enough wealth to build a gigantic studio where we don't need any Hollywood studios that's run by people who are not going to give us an opportunity to make films. But Tyler, it's time for you to let other people make films. It's time for you to fall back a little bit and stop depending on that same tired ass formula of the downtrodden black women. Now it's becoming exploitive. Mm. The movie was not good, bro. Mm-hmm. It's predictable. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of talent for of uh, 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 an actor of Felicia Rashad, standard and Cicely Tyson. You had more lines than Cicely Tyson. That doesn't make sense to me. Brescia Webb, who's a fine young actress who's coming into her own, had more lines in that movie than the great Cicely Tyson. It was extremely predictable. Halfway through the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, Felicia Rashad, this guy is either Felicia Rashad's son or he's her nephew or something, but she's got something to do with it. Bro, you shot the movie in five days? Nah, not this one. You've made other movies that I've liked, too. Like, Why Did I Get Married and Why Did I Get Married Too. But Fall From Grace is a fall from garbage, and that's where it should stay. It right? don't compare to Bad Boys for Life. Everybody loved the, the new Will Smith. And, and come on, bro. There's people out there that can make good movies. Give them a chance. Why cannot it be Tyler Perry Presents? You still going to have your name up on that. Let somebody else write and let somebody else direct okay please I like the way that bad boy for life is out I love that cause it's a reboot and it seems like we getting all these reboots are getting done but they ain't rebooting nothing we like when y'all gonna reboot a different world we love the different world Can you reboot something that meant something to us? We gotta look at Full House and give me a break and one day at a time. And no, that they ain't gonna do give me a break, cause I was Nell Carter and I was a black woman. Well, one day at a time, and all these Alice and and Roseanne, there's other people that other stuff we like TV. Can we get some black reboots, please? Come on, son. I'm Ed Lover and I approve this message. Come on, son. son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is being brought to you by Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. No, I'm only playing. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> nah, Y'all keep going first. Everything else will fall into place. We'll talk at y'all next week, man. Y'all know what it is. Come on, son.
0: This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.